You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Look to somebody behind you and say, you look a little better. And then look to somebody else and say, how do you think I look? All right, be careful how you ask that question. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> be careful. You might get some weird answers. Hey, guys, we're so glad that you're here at Cayo. We're excited. We got Ultimate Frisbee here a little later. Uh, we got sausage and pancakes at the cafe in addition to some other candies and stuff. Hey, uh, we have a new system at the cafe. So if you're wondering kind of like, hey, what's going on with the cafe, we're trying to give, it, give you guys cards instead of doing paper. We're also getting ready to restock the cafe and load up on that thing. We used to have cheese sticks, taquitos, uh, all kinds of stuff. Ava's got her card. Chicken ring. Okay, yeah, Trey likes the chicken rings. We're going to restock it. Just be patient with us. We're going we to get there. All right? So, hey, guys, let's pray real quick. We'll jump in. And uh, if we got time for squads tonight, we might break out into squads here in just a little bit. But uh, High school guys, middle school guys, high school girls, middle school girls. We'll figure all that out in just a minute. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Why do we do that? To, be re- to show honor and reverence to God. Father, bless our time together. Speak. Have your way. May I, may I uh, give me the words to preach, to teach, to make understandable for those that hear it. God, give us vision for our lives. Father, I pray, God, that you would give us a vision. Lord, that you would pour out vision, identity, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just pour out your spirit on us. Have your way. I pray that every ear, heart, every eye is open in the room. Lord, anoint our eyes, anoint our ears, anoint our hearts. Speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, last week we started a new series, Who Do You Say I Am? Right? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Who Do You Say I Am? And last, last week I talked about identity. And identity, like, and pretty much Jesus poses the question, who do you say I am? And Jesus knows exactly who he is. And I remember it all started, if we've still got it, they got a picture of me in sixth grade. I don't know if it's up there. If it's not, no big deal. But uh, yeah, yeah, if you saw it last week, you don't have to put it up there, Kobe. Kobe is rushing up there to put it up there. So, but just for the sake, uh, I had a guy, that was me in sixth grade, way, way back, way back, way, yeah, we do grow up eventually. It takes time. Uh, it's a miracle. Jesus. All right, you can take it down now. I know, I know Caitlin's taking a lot of photos. Nathan, you're enjoying that, aren't you? So I had a kid make fun. I had a fellow basketball player friend. We were friend of me. He's probably more accurate. Uh, he made fun of this shirt I was wearing, and it kind of got me asking, like, what's wrong with me? Am I not cool? Like, what's wrong with my shirt? What's wrong with me? And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we're looking for identity. We're looking for someone or something to tell us who we are what we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be like, how we think, how we dress. All those things. We let people we listen to, we let basketball players tell us what to wear, how to think. Don't get me wrong. The basketball players have some smart things to say. LeBron doesn't always. But anyway, uh, you've you've got musicians. We have lyrics and songs that we listen to that literally impact how we think, like it or not. 
We have, we have people we follow, influencers we follow on social media. We care what they think. What we, we catch quotes from them. We will post them. We put value on those things. But if you're not careful, a lot of times we think we've found identity, but what we've really found is insecurity posing as identity. We, have found, we think we've found identity. We're like, we're like, a lot of people will act like, well, I'm just going to use my language. Our crap doesn't stink, right? We act like, like, like we'll, we'll be very arrogant. We'll have a lot of bravado. Uh, we'll be very cocky, arrogant, however word. You, like some people say, I'm confident, but some people are beyond confident. It's a little crazy, unrealistic bravado. There's a lot of people, I mean, look at some people's social media. They're putting their best face forward. They're putting, they're like, I mean, you'll go through 10 pictures to find the perfect one because you can't dare have a flaw on there. I mean, you just have to be careful with those. You got to get the right filter. You know, who knows what I'm talking about? Come on, guys. Let's not lie. We're in church. All right. They're like, wait a minute. Can you repeat that? Yes, I'm talking to you. But if you're not careful, if you're being honest, you're not really putting the real you out there. Who puts the real you, who, like, I'm going to tell you right now, I've caught myself doing it before, right? Well, let's use that filter. I like the way it looks. It kind of brightens the whole thing. I've done it. Because if I've done it, I know you have, because you guys probably care more than I do. So the thing is, but, like, the thing about if you're not careful, insecurity is posing as identity. See, I've talked about this before, and I even talked about it Sunday at church. See, I realized that when I was 11 years old, there was an impactful event that changed my life. My dad lost his job. We lost our house. I've talked about it many times. I, I'm not trying to tell you something you heard before. However, in this time, right, I have to sell my baseball cards or my mom is going to go to jail, making me the parent rather than the child having to take care of my mom and my dad. Suddenly, I have to, I have to rescue them rather than my parents rescue me, and this created a deep root of like, uh, of unbelief that anybody's going to protect me, that anybody's going to look out for me. In this same season, uh, I, I'm in this same season. I play baseball, and I'm on the. We're in the little league. Uh, we're in the little league world. I guess not the little league world series, but we're in the little league championship, and we're in the running. And I have to miss some games because we don't have a car to get me to the games. So I miss a few games, and I'm like, this is like the most important time in my life because we are in the championship running. If you're an athlete in the room, you know you don't want to miss a game. You don't even care if you're on the bench. It's just hype and exciting, and everything's riding on the line. Did you say cap? No cap, dog. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> I love Khalil. So the thing is, here's, but this, this season of my life is just, it's really, it's really rough. When I finally make it to a game, my dad's lost his job. We lost our house. We're living in my grandmother's upstairs apartment. No air conditioning. Hot summer. Uh, no streaming networks. You had a T, okay, you ever heard of, who's ever heard of cable? Who knows what cable is? Direct TV, satellite, right? There was no streaming, no cable. We had a TV with four channels, and it was one of those click, 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 click grandma TVs. And we had like maybe three channels that we watched. That was it. My brothers, we all slept in one bedroom. My parents slept in another bedroom. We ate macaroni and cheese, runny macaroni and cheese every night. 
I hated macaroni and cheese for at least 10 years because of the way it tasted. It tasted like orange, wet noodle. There was no cheese flavor at all. I hated mac. And to this day, my wife, ask my wife, Tricia, to this day, I am very careful with who's mac and cheese I will participate and literally eat. No cap on that one. There you go. Bet. All right. So, but in this same season, right, I show up at the games and I get up to bat. When you get up to bat, you cheer your whole team. I would get up to bat, dead silence. And I didn't know this up until about three months ago, that this was a root of rejection in my heart and in my life for all these years. Pastor Gerald, that sounds kind of weak. It's like pretty lame. Guess what? Don't ever downplay little bitty moments like that because they will stick with you. Because for years, I thought I was weird, broken, misunderstood, and messed up. And I didn't know that, but it went all the way back. Pastor Darrell, this is weird. I'm telling you. This is legit. No cap, dog. There it is. If you're going to bring it up, I'm going to drop it that last time. This is so real to me. They didn't cheer my name. I thought I was, I was like, what's wrong with me? All my friends turning their back on me in that moment. It was very weird, very surreal. It was like something out of a movie. You would have think somebody had like... I don't know, a bird pooped on me or something. It's like, I, was, I didn't know it, but everybody else saw it. I don't know. It's like something so bizarre. I don't know what happened. But so this created the root of rejection, and it created all kinds of insecurities in me. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Do people like me? Now, I didn't think about this 24 hours a day. I didn't think about this every moment I was in school, but I'll be lying if I told you it never played in the back of my mind. Now, it took about, it took about four years. We finally got our house back. My dad went back to work, but it impacted our family forever. When I would go to school, yo, I'm going to be real with you. I only had four or five days worth of clothes. I mean, Kobe, Albert Einstein wore the same thing every day, but he could afford more. But the thing is, I only had four or five outfits, four or five fits, whatever you want to call it. Thing is, that's all I had. Anybody got more than four or five? Yeah, yeah, put your hands down. I hate you. No, <laughs> I don't hate you. But that's all I had, you know, and going to school, man, my brothers and I would switch clothes just to change it up. I mean, we were just, it was rough. And, you know, but I didn't think about it all day long, but it was really a rough season. It was really rejection, created a lot of insecurity in me. And if we're not careful, we're going to take, I, I mean, I, I remember being so angry at people who used to be my friends. I mean, I used to hang out with all the popular people. I played ball with all the popular people. And I know that's the agenda in middle school, especially in high school, it tends to ease off. But it's still there, too. I played with all the popular people. I knew all the cheerleaders. I played with all the basketball players, played with the baseball players, friends with the football players. I knew it all. But this moment changed how I saw everything. When somebody was making fun of a poor kid or some, yo, there's always that one kid. I'm just going to be real with you. He might be a little stinky. You know why he is? Because they can't afford to take a shower. They don't have hot water. I, I'm, dude, I'm going to be real with you. I had hot, we didn't have hot water in the wintertime. We didn't have heat in the wintertime, but we would heat water on the stove, pour it in the bathtub, and then my brothers and I sharing the water. Yeah. 
Who's done that? Khalil has. See? Bro, if that's for real, then you and I are brothers from another mother more than I ever realized. Seriously. I Anyway, we'll get to that later, Khalil. We'll talk later. See, anybody know what I'm saying? See, here's the deal. If you're not careful, all that insecurity becomes pride. You got such low self-esteem, you mask it as pride. Man, ain't nobody, nobody. And the thing is, I had a chip on my shoulder for years. I was angry for years. Insecure for years. And it all masks and poses as identity. Some of y'all are posers right now. You think you know exactly who you are, but you're letting TikTok, you're letting your friends, you're letting the captain of whatever team, you're letting the head cheerleader, not to pick on you guys, I just, this is an example. I know I got cheerleaders in the room, not picking on y'all. Who's a captain, by the way? Just checking. Anyway, hey, don't, hey, don't argue and fight about it right now. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me. Anyway, point is, I don't care who you are. You got to be careful with insecurities. You got to be careful with these moments because they become major. I had no clue that it impacted me for the rest of my life. These things change you. These things, like, it changes how you see people. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't see people the same after that, ever. It was different, right? My heart goes out to the poor people. We got a homeless guy that hangs out around here. My heart goes out to him, but he can't stay here. I'm getting off track. Everybody say identity, not insecurity. See, identity comes from God. It's not independent from God. Identity is real. Insecurity is the absence or the void of identity. Identity is confidence. Insecurity is a lack of confidence. You, I mean, you have some people that are straight up posing, talking a lot of trash, talking a big game. That's somebody posing like they are confident, but really they're insecure. Really, they don't know who they are. Really, they got low self-esteem. And if that's you in the room, my message is to you today to take hold of what God says about you, that you're a child of God, that you're an heir of a royal priesthood, you're a royal nation, you're God's masterpiece, and he loves you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Pastor Darrell, that sounds like an after-school special. It's called the Bible, and it's called truth because it's real. We will spend our entire lives looking for identity in all the wrong places if we're not careful. We're going to look for identity from everybody else, from the one place, the one person that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who's that? Jesus. See, in the garden, in Genesis 2, you have the garden. You got Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are created in the garden. God creates Adam. Breathes his his spirit into him, forms him from the dust of the ground, and gives him authority over all of creation. He sees that Adam, it's not good for him to be alone, so he he creates wild animals. He creates uh, uh, all these wild animals, and Adam names them all, not Eve. And then God says, hey, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I'm going to create a helper, a helpmate. So he causes Adam to go to sleep a deep sleep, and he takes a rib from Adam's side, and he creates woman, and later on, her name is Eve. Who's ever heard of Adam and Eve? This is where it all begins. See, God already bestowed identity, male, female, man, woman, Adam, Eve, and he gave him a job to do. Remember, identity drives our direction. He gave him a job to do. 
Name the animals. Tend to the garden. Tend to the animals. Make sure things are taken care of. He gave them a job to do. However, the thing about identity is insecurity is threatened by identity. Remember, identity is confidence. Identity is not independent of God. It's from God. Our identity comes from a creator. Pastor Darrell, I'm not sure I believe that. Hang with me. But see, insecurity is jealous of identity. Think of, if you're in the room and you struggle with jealousy of somebody else, you are struggling with identity because you're having issues of comparing yourself to someone else. I'm not as good looking as them. I'm not as smart as them. They have more stuff than me. I easily could have done that in middle school, and in some ways I did. I went in the reverse. I just got angry about it, had a chip on my shoulder, and that's how I dealt with it. Not forever, but long enough that I remember. Long enough. Dude, I was jokative. I was easygoing. I got along with everybody, but deep down I had a chip on my shoulder. See, insecurity questions and casts doubt on our identity. Insecurity questions and casts doubt on identity. Don't believe me. Here we go. See, where does insecurity come from? Where does doubt and all these questions come from? It comes from the enemy, Satan. Satan is the enemy of your life. If you have no other enemy, you have him. He is at least one. And he's that guy that's always questioning, always accusing. you like, you literally see the devil? No. But he loves to tempt us. He loves to get us to question. And here we go in Genesis 3. We're going to jump in there. Take a deep dive with me. Here we go. Genesis 3. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Did you catch that? Did God really say that? Sometimes I ask people questions. Do you, like I asked my daughter, I'm going to pick on her for a second. Do you really want that cheeseburger? Or do you really want those french fries? She goes, dad, the more you ask me, the more I think I don't want them. She's right. It's not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to get her french fries. I'm just making sure, do you still want your french fries? But the devil loves to ask questions. Did God really say? Did he really say that? Of course. The woman says, Eve says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. You can get the verse up. That'd be awesome. Genesis 3. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you guys can have anything you want. Imagine your parents saying, you can have anything you want. Put it in the fridge. Put it in the house. Anything you want, I'll give it to you. But you can't eat this one thing in the fridge. Right? That mystery meat in the back, you can't have that. That's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you can't have that. You can have anything else, but you can't have that. Most people cannot handle that type of restraint. It's like, why can't I have that? Because we tend to want what we can't have. You ever want what you can't have? But all God says, you can have everything else you want. You can have a 4K TV times 20. You can have an Xbox. You can have a PlayStation 5 if you can find one. And then you can have all these other, you can do what you can have, whatever you want. Just don't eat from that tree. That's the only thing. Can I just tell you, most people would be upset by that 
And if you're, you'd be mad at your parents if they made you do that, but they're doing it to protect you. They're doing it because they love you. And that's what God's doing in this moment. He's protecting Adam and Eve. But the devil is insecure because the devil is the biggest orphan there ever was. The devil was once an, a worship leader, once an angel, and he got cast out because he rebelled against God. A third of the angels were cast out of heaven. Go read this story, guys. It sounds like war, and I know that's up your alley. But the devil is the first orphan. He's insecure because he doesn't know who he is because he wants to be like God. He's not confident in being who he is. Ooh, Pastor Darrell, this is bigger than me. Hang on. So the woman says, of course, we, we can eat fruit from the trees. It's just the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we can't eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Keep in mind, Adam and Eve can't die because they're made in the image of God. Right? The serpent says in verse 4, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Guess what, guys? Sometimes the wrong things look good. It says the fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate it too. It says at that moment, their eyes were opened. Does it mean their eyes actually opened like they were asleep? No, it means their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. See, they were naked the whole time. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. See, for years, I believed a lie. I believed the lie that I was weird. I believed the lie that I was messed up. I believed the lie that I was broken. I had to ask God. I had to ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, why all these years have I thought I was weird? And there's some of you in here, I'm not even saying you're weird, but you might feel a little different. You might feel just a slightly off the beaten path. You're just a little different. And some people in, our, in America, we love different. We love variety. Pepsi, Coke, Mountain Dew, we love it all. Don't be knocking Pepsi. But the thing is, I believed a lie that I was broken. And I just asked, I never, it's funny, I never asked God the question, God, why have I thought I was weird all these years? And within about 10 seconds, I heard this rise up in me. You're not of this world. You're not of this world. And I just started crying because it was like God had answered something that only he could give me. God revealed something to me that only he could reveal. My mom couldn't give it to me. My dad couldn't give it to me. Coaches couldn't give it to me. Teachers couldn't give it to me. My wife couldn't give that to me. Only he can because your identity comes from God at the end of the day. All the devil has to do is cast enough doubt, question it enough, and convince you that a lie is true, and you've bought it hook, line, and sinker. My challenge to you today is what lie or deception are you believing? And some of you guys, I'm just going to be real. Some of y'all are so shallow. I'm just going to say it. Some of y'all are so shallow. That means like you don't even give enough thought to this. I'm not saying you're shallow as in your ditzy. I'm saying like your thought doesn't even go this deep. But if you'll take hold, even just a little bit of it, God will water this word and he'll increase it and give you the answers at the time you need it most. Don't be offended by what I just said. I know some of y'all are thinking about Gaga Ball right now. Somebody's thinking about pancakes and sausage. I get it. Somebody's thinking about girls right now. I know they're around. Chill. 
See, guys, your, God, your God-given identity is not shame. It's not fig leaves. It's royalty. See, what happens then in verse 8, when the cool evening breeze blows in, it says, Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden. It said they hid from God among the trees. Then God called to the man, where are you? He says, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid. I was naked. He goes, who told you that you were naked? (laughs) Keep your head right. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? God is not mad here. He just wants the truth. See, a lot of times your parents will ask you a question. Look, I'm a pastor, and sometimes I'm going to be honest with you. I can only handle so long where somebody's struggling, hurting, depressed, just going through stuff. I'll only tolerate it so long before I intervene because I'm pushy, and I'm confrontational, and I will ask real-life questions. If that scares you, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, it's because I love you. These leaders will get in your business and ask you questions from time to time because they love you. I'm probably going to be super pushy, and I'm learning just to back off a little bit because people need space. But I can tell you right now, at 11 years old, I wish somebody was pushy and confronted me and confronted my parents and checked in on me. Holy crap. What God had, what could God have done at, a, at my 11 years old if I'd been set free then than all these years later? He said, holy crap. Yeah, I did. Get over it. It's okay. But notice Adam hid. He was afraid. And he know, it says their eyes were open. They realized that they sinned. And sin separates us from God. They realized that they did something wrong. When we've done something wrong, the first thing we want to do is run and hide. God, God is not coming in, to, coming in to bring the hammer and beat them and torture them and punish them. God's wondering, where have my children gone? What lie have they bought into that they are not hanging out with me in the cool of the day because I love hanging out with them. God loves hanging out with you in the hallways, OHS boys. He loves hanging out with y'all. He does. But they hid and they were afraid because they knew they did something that was wrong. And the last thing we're supposed to do when we've done something wrong is to run, hide, and be afraid. Because the love of God always restores and reconciles. Identity always brings reconciliation. If you know you're a child of God, you're a son, you're a daughter, you've blown it, you've messed up, you've royally messed up. God says, hey, I love you. Let your, my, let your sonship, your identity in me, restore you. Let me reconcile you back. Let me take these lies and deception that you bought into, and let's break that off of your life, and let's, let's walk in truth because God is the truth. Jesus is the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm preaching a good word, whether you know it or not. And even Eve recognizes it in verse 13. The serpent deceived me. See, Satan still works this way. He uses accusations. He questions. He uses intimidation. Doubt. What if everybody finds out? What if somebody finds out? What if they really know that your mom and dad are broke? What do they know if you're secretly smoking bud in the basement? By the way, if you're smoking bud in the basement, my first question to you is why? I'm not sitting here, I'm not coming in here and saying, I'm saying, why are you doing it? Because if you can answer that question, it reveals a lot. 
Some of y'all coping with drugs when you're running from your problems. Dang, it got real in here. Is that okay? Can I get real in here? All right. Middle schoolers are like, man, when's the food? Hurry up, Pastor Darrell. I'm running. See, the devil, again, insecurity wants to rob you, cast doubt on your identity, wants to make you question your identity, wants you to take it away from you because the devil is jealous of you. The devil knows what you are ordained, destined to do, and he has a hit on your back, and he wants to take you out as early as possible. Who knew that I would be a pastor inviting people to find freedom and trusting in Jesus for eternity at 11 years old? I never saw this. I saw myself playing Major League Baseball. Never happened. It's okay. I'm cool with it. See, some of y'all, you, ask, you have these questions popping in your head. Did God really forgive you? He doesn't love you. They don't love you. You're weird. You're messed up. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're fat. You're not pretty. Something's wrong with you. You're not a boy. You're not a girl. You're non-binary. Ooh. I just touched a sensitive subject. Now here. I'm going to talk about this more next week or the week after. And I, I'm just saying, at the end of the day, if you're confused in here or you've got questions like I just said or you're struggling with some of the things I just said, number one, I love you. We love you. Always. Always. I never, God never wrote me off, and I'll never write anybody off in this room. Anybody that ever walks through those doors, I will never write you off. I will love you. But God's identity, male and female, we'll talk about that later. Even We'll talk about that later. It's a bigger topic than we have tonight. So how does God, how do we build our identity? God builds our identity by revealing who he is. God reveals who he is. If you need identity, it comes from God. You're not going to find out identity from your friends. It'll be temporary if you do. You'll, don't. You'll, find, you'll have a set. You'll have a squad. You'll have a group of friends, and they will help you feel accepted and belong. But at the end of the day, deep down, when they're not around, you, your identity is what makes everything completely confident and firm and knowing who you are, and only God can give that to you. How do you build intimacy with Jesus? What is intimacy, right? Intimacy is just close friendship with Jesus. See, the Bible says this in Romans 12, 2. See, God builds our identity by revealing who he is, and he does that through his word. Romans 12, 2 says, don't, I want you guys to focus in, lean on this, I'm going to close. I promise. I don't mean to go long, but sometimes there's things that I'm picking up on when I'm in the room, and I'm going to address it. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Here's what my translation says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. We do a great job of copying the world. A great job. Some people in the room right now, they can't wear certain clothes unless it's a certain brand. That's okay. I mean, I got Jordans on. I got you. But some people are ashamed. They're more proud of what they're wearing than they are who Jesus has made them to be. You know who I'm talking to. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know what his will is, good, pleasing, and perfect. You must have a revelation of who Jesus is. He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly who you are. 
So what, Pastor Darrell? So what? Who am I then? Ephesians 2 says this, for we're God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us. We reflect the image of God. We reflect the image of God. The Bible says don't worship idols. Do you know why? We reflect the image of God. There doesn't need to be any more images to be around. We're reflecting his goodness and his glory. Pastor Darrell, that is really big. My head can't wrap around it. We're going to build on it next week. But here's the, if there's one thing you get out of today, your identity comes from Jesus and through intimacy with him. Guys, I love you. Girls, I love you all over the room. Your identity will not come from your friends. Your identity will not come from the music you listen to. Those are decisions that you make. Your identity doesn't come from your boyfriend. It doesn't come from your girlfriend. It doesn't come from your coach. It doesn't come from what activity you participate in. It only comes from God. And last week we said that God is, Jesus is revealed to us because God has revealed him to us. And if you want to start knowing who you are, you've got to know Jesus. If you want to build your identity and know exactly who you are, I'm going to tell you the two things if you can answer these questions. High schoolers, if you can know your identity in God and you can know what you're called to do because only he can reveal those things. He gave Adam a job. That's what he was called to do. If you can answer those two questions, no matter what job, no matter what life season, no matter how broke, no matter how great you are, Nothing will shake you if you can answer those two questions. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, hey, God. God, I shared my story. I was obedient. If you're in the room tonight and you struggle with insecurity, let me encourage you. That's not from God. Those questions that you ask yourself that nobody even in your set of friends knows about, God knows those things. And God is trying to break through your thinking. God's trying to get into your heart if you'll just let him. If you'll just develop a close friendship with Jesus, how do I do that, Pastor Gerald? You do that primarily through his word. See, some of you in here, you know Jesus, but you're struggling. You're struggling a lot. I really sense some struggle on this right, my right side, your left. I sense some struggle on this side of the room. You're struggling. God says if you just spend time with him, Pray, listen, read the word. Start in the book of John. Just start in the gospels. Know who Jesus is. And he's going to give you, he's going to answer those questions you have. You're going to build confidence and identity because you're intimacy with him. Left side of the room. Hmm. Jesus isn't even on your radar, some of you. And that's okay. <laughs> for a little while. God meets us where we're at. If you're in here, and you can relate to anything I said tonight, 
If anything resonated with you, God's inviting you into a relationship with him. If you would call on the name of Jesus and trust in him, place your faith in him, he's going to make you whole. He's going to complete you. He's going to give you peace. I wish I had that when I was 11 years old. The gift God gave me many years later, I'm offering to you. If you're in the room tonight, you say, Pastor Darrell, you're talking to me. I want your hand up right now. I just want to know who we're praying for, anybody in the room. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Just get your hand up. I see one, two, three. All heads are bowed, all eyes are closed. Get them up if that's you. We just want to know who we're praying for. I was going to have squads, but I changed my mind. Sorry. You just got to say, right in your heart, you just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, love me. You just say, Jesus, I give you my yes today. I won't run from you any longer. I trust in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I confess in my heart and I confess with my mouth right now that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King of my life. Thank you for never giving up on me, Jesus. And from this moment on, help me build intimacy, close friendship with you. My heart feels such a heaviness. There's some of y'all, you can relate to my story a little better than you let on. God is so good and so faithful. I'm so glad that I don't struggle with that stuff anymore. And God wants to give that gift to you if you'll just trust him. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy, your grace, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody look up. Everybody look up. Hey, I gave you a lot of words, sixth graders. I'm watching you all over there. Proud of you guys for hanging in there with me. Here's the deal. If you raised your hand tonight, I want you to come to me or any of my leaders. Nathan, look at everybody, look at Nathan back here. Look at got Caitlin. You got Trisha, my wife. You got Daniel. I want you to come to us. Okay? We don't want to make an example or a show out of anything that if you said that prayer or something in there really hit home, come to us. Talk to us. We just want to pray with you. And we might, we'll give you a Bible. We'll, we'll, hey, whatever you need, we're here. Just say, if you just want us to listen to you, hey, we're here. Cool? All right. Everybody good?